0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2. I just want you to know that uh, in case you don't know it, you can go to savethecowboy.com. savethecowboy.com, not save the cowboys. Just com, and click on sermons and you can listen to any sermons that you've missed. We try to post them every week. Uh, you can also go to my personal ministry uh, website, CampfireCowboyMinistries.com and uh, I try to do a daily cowboy devotional. talks about train wrecks and other stuff that cowboys and cowgirls get themselves into. So uh, check those out if you're on... If you're on uh, Facelift, I mean Facebook, um, check us out there. Uh, we've got uh, we've got campfire Cowboy ministries on there, Save the Cowboy on there. And the new book that will be coming out, hopefully, right after the first of the year, we have the Simplified Cowboy version. It's going to be the Gospel of Matthew. Many of you have seen it on Facebook. It is. Bible in cowboy talk. Now, I, this is not a Bible, folks. It is not a Bible. It's just a paraphrase. It's one man being me taking the word of God and trying to put it in words that a cowboy like y'all, can. well, y'all are probably smarter than I am, cowboy like me can understand it with scripture reference so that you can go get an actual Bible and see if I got close to it. So anyway, but before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for coming here today and joining with us because your word says that where two or more cowboys and cowgirls are together, that you're there also. And Lord, you are the reason that we've all come in here to drink from your living water. Lord, it's going to take some guts and some courage and honesty and respect and integrity, strength and truth to live your word out day by day. And Lord, we ask for all of those and not just small feed buckets, but big old feed sacks worth. Lord, we just ask you right now to, uh, to come in amongst us and, and be with us as, as we try to learn a little bit about what you would have us do, be, and become. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, Philippians chapter 2. Whenever I was growing up in the small town of Big Lake, Texas, if any of you have ever seen the movie The Rookie with Dennis Quaid about the oldest pitcher that goes out and everything, that's from my hometown. That's where I'm from. And um, we'd go in the feed store. Tim Benny had it for a lot of years, and then uh, Mike Elkins had it. And I remember going in there as as just a little video kid, and, and there was a, you know, those little name plates that sit on somebody's desk that say, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, and everything. There was one up there, and I never could understand what it said I thought it must have been German or something the way it was written and I was too afraid to ever ask because I mean that word was about this long and I you know, I couldn't pronounce it out or anything and one day we was in there and you know like all the cowboys will do they didn't go in there to fight, buy feed they went in there just to visit and drink free coffee and we was all sitting in there and them cowboys was aligned to each other 150 miles an hour and one of them started griping about something and one of them picked up that little sign and he said quit your belly aching and that's what it said k-w-i-t-c-h-y-e-r-b-e-l-y-a-k-i-n quit your belly aching and it wasn't german and i understood that it's kind of like jeff Foxworthy he says us cowboys we got us some some fancy words that we run all together like quit your belly aching or get around here We don't know how to spell that or anything like that, but we're good. We may not spell it or be able to read it, but we know it when it's said. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. And I tell you, driving home from Texas yesterday, as I was sitting there and um, while my wife was driving by Braille, I love you. As she was driving by Braille, I was trying to tune it out, and I was thinking about this sermon, and she'd say, what are you thinking about? I well, know. My sermon tomorrow. She goes, what's it going to be on? And I said, complaining? She goes, I don't want to hear that. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to hear anything about complaining tomorrow. And, and so as I was thinking about this and studying on it, I, I can guarantee you that this hit, it may not hit a single one, because I know we ain't got no grippers in here, do we? Nobody complains about nothing, but you know, and, and it comes so easy sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, we just find ourselves just complain about the weather. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too nice. It's not. You know, I've got to work. I I don't have any work. It doesn't matter what's going on. Somebody's going to gripe about it. In Philippians chapter two, starting in verse fourteen, Paul talks about belly aching. And the other day, I was talking to Dave on the phone, and this is what really got me to thinking. I said something to him, and he started to say something. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, what? Did I say something wrong? He said, no, I heard a sermon on complaining. And I'm trying real hard not to complain anymore. And ever since he told me that a couple of weeks ago, I've been paying attention to how much I complain, and I guarantee you, it's more than I'd like to admit. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, Paul says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the skies. You hold firmly to the word of life. Now, you know what? Do y'all do the same thing that I do whenever you read the Bible? You're like, man, wasn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Let's read it again. Look how beautiful this is. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. What in the heck does that mean? I mean, it sounds great, doesn't it? We <laughs> Were y'all like me? You understood the first part, do everything without grumbling or arguing, and then everything went... Sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, me too. Well, Let's talk about that, okay? Let, let's talk about complaining. Let's talk about what Paul is telling us. Three reasons why... We should not complain. Three reasons. In verse 15, it says, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. Number one reason we shouldn't complain is that it hurts us. It hurts us. Jesus said we must become like little children to enter heaven, didn't he? We must become like little children If we want to enter heaven, and Paul says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault. Complaining hurts us. It lowers our deal. I've actually told y'all about this before Uh, my brother was a... uh, a manager at a dealership and you know everybody worked on commissions so when you walk into a car lot and some of you might have worked on a car lot before those salesmen might seem like they're good friends they hate each other's guts and so they would get in there and they oh, he stole this or i stole that i did that and he took it over and ran and get credit and jason would just stop it and he'd say okay everybody stand up and everybody stand up and he'd say hold your arms out like this for." And they'd hold it out, and he said, If you don't do this, you can walk out the door and we'll send you your last check and don't come back. And they'd be like, Oh my gosh. And he'd say, Okay, now, everybody clap as hard as you can and go, Woo! Woo! And they'd do that for one minute straight, and you'd be surprised at how you can laugh at somebody after that. But all of that negativity, the reason he did it is because everybody was just so negative, focused on the negative. He wanted to get them smiling. He wanted to get them laughing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. The first reason why we shouldn't complain is because it hurts us. It hurts you. I don't know anybody that would sit there and willingly... Hit themselves with a yeller hot shot. But that's what complaining does every time you do it. uh, You may not feel it, but the effects are there. The second reason why we shouldn't complain is it hurts our reputation. In the second part of verse 15, it says, Without fault in a warped and crooked generation, people are always, you know. They, they may see you. You may say, well, yeah, you ought to come to Cowboy Church, man. We have a good time up there. He talks about yellow hot shots, taking yourself in the butt with them and all this stuff, and you ought to come up there. But if they look at you and all you're doing is complaining or they see me out there and all I'm doing is... They're like, man, nothing but negativity coming down from that place, man. I don't want to go over there. They're always looking for a reason The community is, the lost and hurting community, and I'm not talking bad about them, but they're always looking for a reason not to come. And if you are out there trying to live a good Christian life and you're not doing anything except complaining, you're hurting your reputation. The third reason why we shouldn't complain is it hurts the affectedness of the church and let me say one thing right here you will not see a piece of paper and you will not be asked at the end of this service that if you would like to join this church to come forward, and we're going to fill out a membership card for you, and we're going to ask you to do this and sign up for this team. We're not going to do any of that. When I say the church, I am talking about the biblical church, and I am talking about the fellowship of believers, those people that have not signed their name to a piece of paper in some building. I'm talking about those people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and I will give you a chance at the very end to sit. it right where you're at and become a membership in the body of Christ but not in some organization or anything like that. So when I say that the third thing is it hurts the effectiveness of the church. I'm not talking about this group of believers. I'm talking about this one combined with with that uh, majestic view and and Albert Christian and and God's living word or all of them. First Baptist Church in Muskogee Oklahoma, I don't know. I'm talking about all of them. When we are nothing but negative, it hurts the effectiveness of our witness. It says in uh, the third part of verse 15 and into 16, it says, Then you will shine among them like stars in the skies. You hold firmly to the word of life. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Didn't Jesus say that we're supposed to shine like lights? on a hilltop, don't cover anything up. Let your light shine. And your light shine actually means let Jesus Christ shine through you. But if we're not doing anything but moping and griping and complaining and belly aching and all this stuff, it dims that light. We are told to spread the good news. If you're always complaining and belly aching about every little thing, are the lost really going to walk up and go, man, I wish what I had what you had. You're none but miserable wretch. I like me some of that. That don't work. It's the good news. And if you are just walking around all the time, they're going to (laughs) go, I'm going to stay away from that one over there. Whatever they've got, I'm going to go this way. And And I'm not questioning your salvation or your dedication to Christ or anything like that. I'm just saying that we've got to watch what we say. Three reasons Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2 why we shouldn't complain. Number one, it hurts us. Number two, it hurts our reputation. Number three, it hurts the church. It dims the light. Why then do we moan and bellyache? Hmm. You know, I I wanted to... Sorry, not a very good public speaker. I tried to come up with, with, with just about three main things, and but I couldn't. So 3,462,000 reasons why we bellyache. And we're going to go through them all, so y'all grab a seat. No, not really. Not really. Three reasons why I bellyache. I don't know why y'all bellyache. And I'm not up here to point fingers at y'all, so I'm just going to talk about me. Three reasons why I bellyache, and maybe, just maybe, there might be one of you that might fall into one of these categories. It's easier to complain about it than do something about it, isn't it? It is just flat, simple. We'll just gripe about it. Well, I don't I going to do anything about it. I just want to gripe about it. I know Jared's... Uh, says at bible study all the time he says be the change you want to see wow be the change that you want to see how many times have you heard somebody not me but somebody else say well you know my horse bucks every time i get on him and you say well send him to a trainer uh, trainer well i can't afford it well okay then uh Maybe you ought to, how often do you work with him? Oh, about once every four months. Well, may, maybe you should ride him a little more. Well, I ain't got time for that. But he bucks every time I get on him. Well, maybe you should ask a friend to help. Well, them. man, my friends ain't going to help me. They got their own stuff to tend to. I'd help them, but they ain't going to help me. I wouldn't ask them even if they would. Well, why don't you just sell him instead of, you know, feeding him? Well, I can't sell him. I love him. (laughs) He's a part of my family. (laughs) Well, then quit griping about it. You mind your own business. (laughs) I mean, seriously, and and that's funny, but isn't that kind of how we do it? We just bellyate and complain about stuff? It's easier to complain about it than to do something about it. The second reason why I bellyache, I don't know about y'all, the second reason that I bellyache is because I don't want to accept the responsibility for my actions. Ooh. That one, I'll be losing a toenail over that when I stepped on my own toe so hard. I don't want to accept responsibility for my actions. I was flat, miserable, after Thanksgiving, but it wasn't my fault, it must have been the food's fault, because I kept shoveling it into my face, and nobody ever told me that you're not supposed to eat three quarters of a pecan pie, that it'll do something to your innards. (laughs) Then and later. (laughs) Cairo syrup is the devil. (laughs) But no, I'm just going to complain about it. It wasn't my fault somebody forced it in me <laughs> three reasons why we belly ache it's easier to complain about it than to do something about it isn't it we don't want to re- oh sorry 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 i don't want to accept responsibility for my actions and the third reason i used to complain a lot Because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. We have a mayor named Fiona. Does anybody, if you have kids, you know who's Fiona? Shrek, yeah, yeah. We we nearly had to name every other horse something Shrek when we got Fiona. Fiona is about this tall, and I'm not talking. I'm talking about from the stage up. She's a tiny little thing with a heart this big. She's great. You can you can drag calves on her. Yeah, I mean you rope cows on her. She gets pulled around quite a bit. She's not real stout, but she's just got a heart this big, and an attitude to match. Have you ever ridden? A horse that whenever she sees you, she just pins her ears. <laughs> this horse must have been born mad. When when Rocky brought her to me, I heard that there was this little gray mare and she was real nice and she wasn't real big and real athletic and everything. I was like, that's my horse. I don't want to fall off. Yeah, I don't know why y'all ride those big darn horses. Y'all must not have broken, that's all I can say. <laughs> that's first thing you want to break a horse how big is it about this big nope bring me the Shetlands (laughs) I'm real good at Shetlands something that I have to lift my feet up off the ground in order to ride if they start bucking I just want to just put them down like landing gear (laughs) and then they go out I do not consider that being bucked off that is smart what was I saying So Fiona, you know, Rocky unloads her, and he unloads her, and she looks like the widowmaker. She got them ears pinned back. She's mad. I swear this horse snarled. It's like, good grief! You're gonna you get on that thing? He's like, yeah. So he gets on her, and boy, she just in and nice, and slid to a stop and backed up. And he jerked the rope down, and you know, roped all of her feet. I mean, this horse was like, I was like, hey. That looks good. He was a government trapper and a day worker. It's what he did for a living. He put miles and miles and miles on these horses. So I got on her, and I rode her around, and she was real nice. And I told Riley, Riley, come here. Ride this horse. So Riley gets on her. She's like, Dad, I like this horse. But she acts like she's going to buck you off because whenever she rides, she pins those ears back, and she just swishes her tail, and she just acts like she's just mad as all get out. And I said, well, mate, you know, we're going to call a sim. It may just be something. <laughs> no, she is real mad. We get her home and we ride her for a few days. And, and we figure out that, you know, she was going to be like this 4 H horse, you know, doing the barrels and poles and gee and g-haws, stuff like that. And we figured out right quick that this horse needs a purpose. Christy latched onto her real good. She was like, oh, a pony. And so Christy goes out there and rides her. And she, she starts pitching with Christy. And, of course, she's not big enough to buck anybody off. You know, Christy just puts her feet down and <laughs> goes right out from under. And I'll never forget one day I was sitting at the, I, I was doing some stuff outside and Christy was riding in the arena. Griffin was throwing dirt clods when she wasn't looking at her and the horse. And, and that's what little boys do. And uh, I was sitting at the end of the arena and all of a sudden I hear Griffin go, Mom! 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 And I mean, I just take off running because the storage building's between me and there. And I get around there, and my heart just sinks because Christy is trick riding. (laughs) She has managed to get sideways on the horse (laughs) with her legs like this and with that horse's head pulled around this way. And they are spinning like a ballerina. And Chrissy's laughing. She's... <laughs> and I just know she's fixing to pull this mare down on top of her. I'm like, let go the right rain, Let go! And I'm like, you know, like trying to catch somebody on a merry-go-round as they go around. Huh! Ah! Huh! Ah! Let go! Let go! She's like, I'm on the side! i was like, I can see that! I'm not hitting the ground. I can see that too, but you're real close. So she lets go of Fiona's head, and Fiona gets her head back around. And I push Christy back up, and she goes, I didn't fall off. It's <laughs> like, honey, you a spider monkey. And she was. But every time we would just ride her in the arena, she would buck, pitch, throw a fit. But you get her out there gathering cattle or something, just as nice as she can be. Three reasons why we don't belly ache. or why we do belly ache. Fiona needed a purpose. She didn't like just going out there and going in circles. She didn't like just walking down the road with no end in sight, with nothing else. I used to be like that. I used to wonder, what am I supposed to do? So I just complained about it because it was easier, remember number one? It's easier to complain about it than to do something about it. I'm here to tell you that God's got a purpose for each and every one of y'all. I don't know what that purpose is, but God does, and God's word says it's a good purpose, a plan for good and not for evil. He has called you here today for a purpose. And I tell you that one of the cures for your own belly aching is to find that purpose a purpose for him not you I saw a deal on Facebook the other day this said instead of trying to be happy how about trying to be holy holiness leads to happiness there is no other way think about that for a second you have a purpose whether you've realized it or not we're going to sum it up right now and then we're going to get out of here Go eat leftovers. <clears throat> one of the scariest things in the Bible is found in Matthew chapter twelve. Matthew chapter twelve. I tell you what, I mean you you can go read revelations about dragons and about antichrists and all this other stuff, but to me, one of the scariest things in the Bible is found in Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty-four. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. And it says this. Jesus himself says, Out of your mouth flows the true nature of your heart. Mm. That is scary, folks. Out of your mouth flows the true nature of of your heart. Jesus told the Pharisees, y'all worry about the outside of the cup and how beautiful it is, but on the inside you're nothing but filth. Jesus doesn't care about the outside. He cares about the inside. And right here in Matthew chapter 12 verse 34, he says, out of your mouth flows the true nature of your heart. If the words that you spoke every day were made manifest, were to somehow come alive, what would that person's personality be like? Schizophrenic? Yeah, I think mine would. What would they be like? What kind of reputation would the words that come out of your mouth, if you took all of the words and you put them together, what would they be like? Well, that's only, luckily, that's only happened one time with one person. And God did it with His Word. He made His Word come alive. And His name was Jesus Christ. And His Word was perfect. And His Word was sent down here for each and every one of us so that we would have nothing to complain about so that we would have hope so that we would be able to persevere so that we would be taken care of complaining does nothing more than announce to the world that you are selfish ungrateful self-absorbed with opinions you are unwilling to do anything about if you have a complaint Here it is at the end. There's only one person that wants to hear it. And that's God. He says, bring your complaints to me and I will listen. Won't you do that today? I know that you've got some complaints. I know I've got some complaints, but instead of telling y'all about them, I'm going to start telling the Lord more about them because I'm better at telling y'all about my complaints than telling the Lord about my complaints. Let's do that from here on out. That's your homework this week. You want to do something for the Lord this week? Shine brightly. Don't complain because complaining dims that light. And if you have a complaint, no matter where you are, doesn't matter if you're sitting in front of a computer screen or horseback, if you have a complaint, take it to the Lord. He's the only one that can do something with it and He's the only one that wants to hear it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, help us not to be complainers. But Lord, help us also to understand that the only way to stop in our complaining and start being thankful for the things that we have and the things that you have blessed us with is to accept you as our Lord and Savior because you are love. You are the word of God made alive that died for us and rose again. Lord, if there's anybody here that has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, they know that you've been calling them, they know the things that they ought to do, the right things, Lord, they don't have to walk up here. All they have to do is, between them and you, is say, Lord, I give you the reins today. I'm tired of fighting. I want you to be the Lord of my life. If you've just said those words with every eye closed and every head bowed, just for privacy. Welcome to the kingdom of God. The word of the Lord says that whosoever shall call in the name of Jesus shall be saved. Don't wait, folks. Be thankful. Love him like he loved you. Lord, guide us as we go into this next week. Give us the strength to to be who you want us to be and to become the kind of man and woman, cowboy and cowgirl, that you've called each and every one of us to be. And Lord, help us when we get that hankering to complain and gripe and bellyache to instead think on all the wondrous things and the gifts that you've given us. And if we still have that complaint, to take it to you in prayer. Lord, we pray all these things in your most precious name. Amen.